Hipster Bricks by Denver Day. The cost of doing business. The price of egalitarianism in the 21st century. Or it takes money to make money. Number 47. Sam Mary did something I'd never seen her do before. I expected it was a sign of a healthy, growing relish for her incumbency as a peacemaker of the cosmos. She had begun to make friends with the coke dealer, the party guy, after our discussion about how best to approach the matter of shutting his ass down. Such an approach was not typically our moxie, but this was a vacation, and there was plenty of time at hand to become inventive and experimental a little. Basically, here's the story. She started chumming up with the people at the bar, and actually drinking a little, but somewhat out of character. She, The story about me was that I and she were just friends, not romantically involved, and I'm a writer type, and she's my editor, and well, we're, we were uh, business partners. We were skiing. I knew that there was going to be a problem with the integrity of the apple cart, if you might, when she walked into the role of barfly, and it involved actual alcohol. I understood why she was doing it, too, but not me, man. She was attempting to ensnare the big silent wingman, in addition to the clown-like party guy, with an offer that mortal men who are non-monastics often have great difficulty refusing. She was really hamming it up over there, you know, for two days, presenting herself as the jewel she was in order to get the duo to deviate from what must have certainly been a non-mutual interaction clause for the sake of their own operational security. Forensic double blindness, if you will. At the same time, she had to comport herself as plausibly dirty enough to be doing what she was doing. But, you know, life's a slippery slope, and it's not that hard. A straight-laced intellectual type, letting loose fully on a vocation where nobody knows her name. So she makes friends with the guy, and they're over there drinking highballs and doing bumps on the first night of this operation. On night two, she laid it on the line, take me back to your room and fuck me, but I want you to bring your big silent wingman also. To paraphrase, this was my cue to start packing our shit, as should be anyone's cue uh, in my position. I thought, but I didn't want to split right at the same time as she did. And also, we would probably do well to stick about for another 12 hours at a minimum uh, to see if any reptile parts happen to regenerate after the initial dentistry. <clears throat> Maybe. I don't know. I'd reconsider that later. You'll see. Anyway, regarding dentistry, Sam acted with great zeal on this job, as I already mentioned. To wit, she was only gone about 20 minutes. Okay, first party guy walked out, then her, then big silent guy, all about five minutes apart. And then she returned alone to where I was sitting near the large fireplace in the lounge, working on my manual typewriter. All done, she said. Come see. Uh, the bartender grinned at us knowingly. As we walked out, as time gets real nonlinear, when death is involved, like, in such a way, uh, and there, uh, subjectively, you know, and there uh, is far less need for verbal communication, such as thank you and come back any time. We walked the short distance to Party Guy's room, or at least the one he'd led Sam Mary to and went inside. She'd sliced up both of the guys something awful with a kitchen knife, a dull one it looked like, then put them naked and tangled in the bed together and covered them with a big fluffy comforter. And she smiled wildly at me, proud of her editorial flourish. How are you doing? I asked. I am extremely intoxicated, high as a kite, blah, she said. I need some green tea. 
We went back to our room and began triaging Sam's side effects from all the liquor and coconaya. I suppose it wasn't that much. Such things go. And she'd be fine. Our cash-in with the hegemons of sex and death was, this time around, covered entirely on the account of Sam Mary. Settling up a initial discrepancy that I'd engendered after we first met. After the much-welcome ass sex, she felt much more clear-headed, and we determined to pack up our shit and leave that night as soon as possible. They may only want to pin an award on us. In fact, I'm pretty sure that's the local consensus for such situations as this. But we are rural, locally located, and don't know the sheriff. He comes knocking because we just ixnayed his nephew, you know, who was peddling coke from the evidence locker, and then I don't want to be around to hear the door, she said. It's pretty clear-headed. Two anonymous gunshot victims was one thing, but a full bloodletting with post-mortem choreography and feathers was another. She was right, and our award from the bartender and the chateau managers would have to be given an absentia. They'll love the arrangement, I said. We loaded our suitcases into the car, <coughs> left the room key on the dresser, and began a night-long drive back to Denver. I got the feeling that Julie would have preferred to avoid any unnecessary nonsense with corpses or otherwise any other unnecessarily complex methods of business, but it seemed to be primarily a reminder to be careful rather than any sort of reprimand from on high. <laughs>